Welcome to Laundry Room Talk, the behind the scenes life of college basketball through the eyes of a student manager with your own Corbin King and Peyton Mattingly. Today we are joined by Radford assistant coach James Herring, who's also been at Dayton, Illinois, Jacksonville State, and was a manager for the West Virginia men's basketball team back in 2010. Coach Herring, super excited to have you on. How are you doing today? Uh, doing well. How about y'all? Doing well. Doing well. Doing good. Go ahead and kind of introduce yourself. Tell us a little about your uh, coaching journey. Uh, name's James Herring. I'm at Radford University in Virginia. Um, we're a Division One school in the Big South Conference. And uh, prior to being here, uh, just finished up our first year here as a staff, prior to being here uh, as an assistant, was the uh, director of basketball operations at the University of Dayton the last two years. Uh, prior to that, was at uh, Jacksonville State University, University of Illinois, um, and I was a student manager at West Virginia University uh, for four years. So um, that's kind of the background from a, from a professional standpoint. That's awesome. So this podcast is, you know, a laundry room talk about managers. So let's jump into the very beginning. Kind of tell us about why you wanted to get into being a manager, uh, what you're hoping to get out of it, and then kind of your first few experiences at West Virginia. Yeah, so when I was in high school, I knew I wasn't very good. <laughs> but uh, I knew I wanted to, you know, stay in basketball in some capacity, and I always wanted to be a college basketball coach. And one of uh, the teachers at my school was a manager in college as well. Um, and my dad taught at my high school, so – a lot of the a lot of the teachers at the school they they known me since I was little, and when I talked about trying to go, you know, the coaching route, um, my Spanish teacher was like, "Hey, you should really try to go be a manager." So, um, since he had done it, and uh, I just started to reach out to to various schools that I was interested in attending, and just to see who would respond. And one of the few schools that that always responded to me uh, was was West Virginia. So one of those guys that had kind of got the ball rolling there was the associate head coach there, Larry Harrison, and a couple other guys as well um, that were like GAs or senior managers at the time. And that started my junior year of high school. So they uh, they kind of got it kind of got it going for me just because like with them responding, it made me want to go to school there. And from there, I just went and worked summer camp um, the summer before my freshman year of college just to kind of like meet everybody and work camp. And then when I went to uh, when I went back to Morgantown in the fall to uh, to start like actually being a student there, they just said, hey, come to open gym, you know, the first week. And that's just kind of how how it all got rolling. So um I don't know. I kind of, I felt like I've always kind of been a little bit of a self-starter and that was something I did. Now, don't get me wrong. I got pushed to do it. You know, I got, I got some advice and some, you know, suggestions on how to handle it. But, uh, but yeah, like I just started reaching out when I was in high school and, um, you know, it's funny if, if you ask anybody at West Virginia, you know, what my real name is, not many people know because I've always had the nickname sweat, uh, since my freshman year. So, um, that name still still holds a lot of weight. Uh, I take pride in it as well. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how it all got rolling um, as a manager. So I loved it. It was a great four years. It was a great experience. 
Uh, it took me places that I never thought I'd go. Uh, one being Mexico, you know, a few other places. Obviously, we were in the Big East for my first two years of school, which was 2010 through 2012. And then we were in the Big 12 my last two years. So I got to see, you know, a wide variety of places, you know, whether it's, you know, arenas, towns, cities, campuses, whatever it may be. Uh, it was in the four years there. Part of that was because we were in two different conferences. But, yeah, man, I loved it. It was great. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that experience those four years uh, for anything. Yeah, so uh, before you got to West Virginia, what were some of your expectations just being at a Power 5 school and working for Bob Huggins? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, didn't, I didn't really have, like, really have any expectations. I, I didn't really know what to expect either. I was just trying to, just trying to figure it out. And, and fortunately for me, there were a few older guys there that had been there. And, you know, they kind of gave me the lay of the land, you know, once I gained a little bit of trust. Um, you know, one of those guys is uh, an assistant coach right now at Youngstown State. His name is Ben Asher. And I joke all the time, but um, – and sometimes you don't want to hear it. But but Ben, you know, Ben's a mentor. Like, Ben's a friend, obviously, but Ben's a mentor because without him, I might not be where I am today. And he really helped me out, especially when I was a freshman, just kind of telling me where to be, when to be, what to do you know, all that. And, uh, along with just kind of giving me rides here and there cause he had a car, but, uh, I mean, there's a laundry list of guys, you know, that, that helped pave the way before me there. And, uh, you know, and, and we kind of, I felt like we had pretty good tradition there of, of guys moving on after their undergrad years and whether it's being a GA or going and being an intern or going and being a video guy or whatever it may be, uh, you know, before me and after me. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people there that have gone there and have gone that route as a manager of West Virginia and they take pride in it. And I hope they do. I hope they still do. Uh, because, you know, that place is special to me just as it is to anybody else that went there. But I think there's, there's a lot of pride in, uh, among us that we're all managers there as well. Uh, but coach hugs is great, man. Like I didn't know him, obviously. I just kind of obviously eventually met him. Uh, he's awesome. Great dude. I think sometimes, you know, people, that don't know him, maybe give him a bad rap just because all they see is in-game stuff or whatever's in the media. But if you actually really do know him, you know he's a great dude that really cares about the guys on his team and the people that are part of his program. Um, and he's awesome, man. Like that was a that was a fun four years, you know. Throughout whether the the wins and losses happened the way they did, and didn't matter, man. Um, you know, obviously the losses are tough. Nobody wants to lose, but we still had fun over there. And, um, but yeah, man, it was, it was awesome. Like absolutely loved it. Loved it. Would go back in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah. So you talked about many West Virginia managers move on. Um, it's a good program to take pride in. What was your process like and how early did you start looking for the next step being a manager? Was it, you know, when your last season ended or when you're, you're going into your last season, kind of talk about that and who guided you and um, kind of some advice you would also give to people that are starting to do that. Yeah, I would say start as soon as you can, you know, and, and some of that starts just with within who you work with already, you know, so establish yourself as somebody that you can trust, you know, and that's going to work hard and, and be available, especially when you're a freshman and sophomore. And obviously don't slow down, you know, still do that as you get older. But I really started to kind of hit the, the job hunt hard the spring of my junior year. And there were a lot of a lot of things that kind of helped 
you know, propel that. And uh, one of those things was going and working a uh, hoop group. So the Pit Jam Fest every year uh, is usually the second live period in April. And we had a crew of managers that even before I got there, they used to go work Pit Jam Fest, you know, just taking, you know, try, like, handling, handling the admission table or whatever it is, uh, working a scoreboard or just something to go, you know, work, work an event for a weekend, make a little bit of money get out of town for like two days and, you know, hopefully like meet people and network, you know, maybe with other student managers that might be working or GAs that might be working or, you know, division two, II, division three, NAI coaches, JUCO coaches, whoever, high school coaches, whoever it may be, um, you know, that are all working. And, you know, that's something that really kind of got, uh, kind of got me going um, with just like my next step uh, or hunt for my next step. And that was to be a GA and, that weekend, I happened to meet an assistant coach at the University of Illinois at the time named Dustin Ford, who's now at University of Akron as an assistant. And that weekend, I met him um, just working one of the college coaches' checking table, and he ended up being a big reason why I got hired at the University of Illinois a full calendar year later um, as a GA. And now there were some other dominoes to have to fall and some other things, you know, went into place. But, you know, that weekend, if I don't meet him, I might not get hired at Illinois a full year later as a GA. So I would say start as soon as you can, but really the year before you're finishing up uh, school, just because I feel like if you wait until the spring of your senior year, you've missed so many, so much time has gone by that you could have been, you know, trying to position yourself to be able to get something that you need and also want uh, when, when graduation comes. So the sooner, the better for sure. Yeah, so uh, while you were at West Virginia, starting from your freshman year till you were a head manager, how did your roles change as you went on? Yeah, so my freshman year, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I really even spoke. I think some people thought I was probably a little weird because I never <laughs> said a word. Uh, but uh, I didn't say much. And part of that is just how I naturally am, but part of that was like I didn't want to make a mistake. So I figured the less I said, the less mistakes could occur. So, I mean, my freshman year – I was really just on the court all day, just rebound and pass, rebound and pass, and practice, hand people towels, get water, whatever it may be. My sophomore year is pretty much the same because we had a lot of the same guys back, so my role didn't really change. Uh, but as I got older and uh, my my you know role evolved, you kind of take on more tasks. So um, got to travel a little bit more as a junior and senior, and then. Um, did a little bit more with video as a senior, but not much because we had uh, a couple other guys that really ran point on that. But uh, I guess kind of as you graduate year to year uh, in that program and you gain trust, you can uh, you can get to work the clock as you get older. And working the clock is kind of like a, a little bit of a sign of status uh, there because if you mess up that clock, you're going to get crushed uh, by the staff and the players. So only those that are really trusted at a high level would work that clock uh, unless huh. some people were out. So by the time my senior year rolled around, I was pretty much the guy running the scoreboard, the clock, whatever it may be. Um, and that kind of is how your role evolved there. Um, among some other things, you know, help with some scouting stuff or help with some workout stuff or whatever it is. Um, but you're really a, a ground level grunt guy for the probably first two years until you gain a lot of trust um, from, from a variety of individuals. But if you work and you're good with people, you can gain that trust. You know, I feel like that's, uh, I feel like that's relevant everywhere. 
you know, not just in that role. Yeah, so you said it's a big status whenever you're running the clock, and if you mess up, the coaches get on you. Did you have any experiences with that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, nothing major, but but yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes. You just try not to make the same mistake twice. Um, you know, and I, and I think it, a big thing, too, is just stay off your phone. You know, back then, and I say back then, it was eight years ago now, but 2013, 14, my senior year, like, I had my phone, but I wasn't really on my phone to the level that I am now. And I feel like there's guys now that are 20, 21, 22 that are nonstop on their phone, probably more than I am. So if you just stay off your phone, man, those mistakes probably uh, would be a little bit less. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different here. I mean, I guess, I don't know if we just have less or, but, you know, keeping clock is kind of like, uh, hey, you got it. Yeah, that's that's all you. We'll, uh, we'll keep stats or, or something else. But clock is definitely not something that we were – looking uh looking to do so going in uh so you talked about doing a little more video senior year um so you had more managers thought west virginia so you didn't get to do as much as maybe the smaller schools. so when you went to a ga spot did it take some time to adjust to um the new technologies and the new jobs that they had for you there yeah i'd already had like a little bit of experience and we used a different video system at illinois than we did at that at uh west virginia anyway so there was mm -hmm. a little bit of a, a learning curve there but uh, but yeah, I mean, just how we had it structured at, at West Virginia, there were like two guys a year that pretty much ran point on all the video there. And, um, some guys, you know, obviously would, would help out there in, in that department as well. I just didn't, uh, my freshman, sophomore, junior year, I just really didn't do anything with it. Um, unless it was like synergy related, but, uh, I would definitely say like, if you can hone in those skills, man, hone, like be sharp, be as sharp as you can. The more, the more you can do, the better. Um, and I actually think like the new thing on the block that everybody wants is somebody that can actually like do graphics within Photoshop or Illustrator. So I think that's a way that, you know, people, candidates can set themselves apart uh, by being really good at Photoshop and Illustrator, because I don't think video is that hard to learn. Mm. Um, somebody can say that it is, but I don't think it's that hard to learn. But I think Photoshop and Illustrator, I mean, that's like that's a whole other world to me. Like I haven't learned that and I probably never will. Yeah. You know, I can do a little bit, but I can't do much. But, right. you know, if I'm a young dude that's 20 years old, that's trying to figure it out and be able to, like, you know, carve a path, I would definitely try to learn that stuff. Um, uh -huh. Because everybody now everybody wants that in recruiting. Everybody needs something like that. So, uh -huh. big. I'd say that's big, man. I'd say it's big. Yeah. How did you kind of go about after being a GA? And kind of the same question from manager to GA, taking that next step from GA on staff yeah so when i was finishing up my ga at illinois um that was april i guess i technically didn't graduate until may 2016 but uh that april i knew i was out you know i was at the final four you know trying to figure it out um you know i had let i had reached out to people you know months in advance that were in my network like hey i'm finishing up keep me in mind you know i'm going to be trying to find you know a full-time gig no matter what the position is no matter where it is in the country i'll go anywhere um, just keep me in mind. And I was trying to stay at division one, you know, do the support staff stuff. And, you know, I, I wasn't shooting down other opportunities. I just felt like there were going to be more opportunities for me at the division one level, just because that's where my network was. And I really started to like reach out to people as I knew, you know, things were going to slow down. And then obviously the final four, you can see some people and get in front of some people and, um, you know, just try to, just try to find opportunities, whether it's with a staff that, uh, you know, it was going to be brand new uh, at an institution or whether it was just filling, you know, a role that somebody had left. But uh, that April, 
I really started to go out and, and see people during the live periods in April. Uh, I was so close to Indianapolis. I think Nike was in Indianapolis and, you know, maybe Under Armour or Adidas or something. And I would, I basically would just drive over on Saturday morning and spend all Saturday, you know, outside the event or something just to catch people. You know, if they were going to go from their car, if they were going to go from the door to the car, try to catch different guys real quick, dap up and just say hello, just to make sure they see, they see me. They know I need a job, you know, and, and it's tough sometimes because, you know, if you're not, if you're not fresh on people's minds, they forget about you. There's so much going on. People forget about you. And so obviously you need to be able to work the phones, but the more you can get in front of people, the better. And that was a big thing I did. Now I didn't get a job. I didn't get a job and I got fortunate. I was lucky because, uh, Illinois hadn't found somebody that filled, uh, my position as a GA. So they basically were like, Hey, if you want to come back and be a third year GA, just enroll in a new master's program, you can. And that's what I did. And then two months later, our ops guy left for a job um, at Teamworks, so a job outside of basketball at Teamworks. And just because of the timing of everything and the start of the school year, I ended up getting the ops job at 24. So, you know, a lot of that obviously is luck and timing, but uh, I also had to prove my worth ahead of time for those two years as a GA, like, damn, we should really hire this guy. So it was wild, but, you know, the more you can be in front of people, the better. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, um, we got to meet you at the final four and you gave us some great advice and we, you know, we really appreciated that, um, kind of talking about networking and, um, kind of keeping up with people. Yeah. So, uh, since you've been at a few different schools, being on new staffs, how did you find your niche at each of those schools to put an impact on the program? Wait, what I tried to do each, each place I went, I basically, I'm a quiet guy. I'm an observer. So I just try to learn like the ins and outs of how people operate, you know, within the first few weeks that I'm there, you know, you can kind of see who has bigger or smaller personalities, who talks more, who doesn't, what people like, all different things. And I think, I think when you go somewhere new, I feel like so many people want to establish themselves right away and that's good and all, but I think sometimes you need to operate a little bit, uh, I, I you know, I guess quieter, not slower, but, just probably at a smoother pace and try to learn and really get to know the people um, as soon as you can, because then you can kind of figure out where you fit in. You know, if you come in with a million ideas and, you know, think you're going to set the world on fire, like, hold on a second now, you know, they've been doing things a certain way for a year, two years, three years, four years, and not everyone's going to want to have this immediate change right away when a new guy walks in the door. Um, but there's things that I think there's things that I do really well. And I just try to knock those out of the park. Um, but I also tried to, you know, read up on everybody ahead of time, you know, their bios online, go on their social media, you know, read their Twitter bio or, you know, things like that. And you can learn a lot of, a lot about people just based on, you know, Twitter and Instagram. And then from there, you can try to just figure out like, okay, what do you think, you know, what do you think this guy on staff is really good at? And then try to find a way to, you know, complement that within what you do. And I think that's really important. I think research is important and trying to understand people, you know, in their backgrounds before you walk in the door. Because um, that, that can give you a solid foundation before you even start day one. Yeah. So you've been, I mean, you've been in the college ranks for a long time now, since 2010. Um, coming up until now, you've been at many different programs. You've seen the game change and develop and you've had to adjust with it. 
how have you kind of seen the game change through transfer portal, NIL? I mean, COVID had a big impact, but even before then, you know, the game is just constantly changing with the college ranks. So how have you had to adjust to that? Yeah, I feel like it changed every day. And I mean, you know, there's, there's obviously you had a pandemic, you had, now you got uh, NIL, you got one time transfer. I mean, you have rules constantly changing. And uh, I just try to, and I just try to stay as up to date as I can. And, and I think a big thing you got to do is just be flexible uh, in a wide variety of ways, you know, and, you know, you're constantly dealing with different people um, in person, on the phone, via text, on email. And a lot of times you don't really dictate your time. And the sooner that you understand that and embrace that, the better your life's going to be. And this game is constantly changing to the point where I don't even know what's on my plate tomorrow. And sometimes that bothers me because I'm a planner. But you just got to find ways to, to be flexible which then in tune may help you maximize the time that you have in your day. And that's from a professional standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint too. Like I like to do other stuff. I mean, first off, I like to eat, you know, second off, I like to watch sports. You know, I like to scroll through and find a, a series or whatever on Netflix. But if I'm not flexible during the day and find ways to manage my time to the best of my ability, I can't do that at night. You know, because at the end of the day, the most important thing to me outside of my family and, and a lot of my friends is what I do because I love it. Um, but I also like other stuff, man. So you got to be able to got to be able to manage your time and, and be flexible um, throughout the day. Yeah. So this is different. We haven't had someone um, as experienced as you on the podcast. So I'm kind of interested, interested to know you've been through kind of what we're doing. You've gotten to where we want to go. How did you kind of stick with it? Because it's a tough, it's a grueling job. What's some advice as you go throughout the journey and the process every day? You know, what what does it take? Yeah, it's there's a lot of things that I guess had helped me kind of stick with it. And a big reason that I've always been able to stick with it is I've worked with great people, you know, from head coaches to assistant coaches to support staffers to uh, admins, to student managers, to G whoever, right? To everybody within programs and departments. I've worked with a lot of great people and that kind of, that always kind of kept me going through the good and the bad. And sometimes I hear horror stories of different people that work for, you know, head coaches or work with assistants or support staff or whoever it may be or admin or whoever it may be that they just struggle with. And I've never really had that. So I've been fortunate on that side of things and uh, which has allowed me to kind of continue to push through. But you know, sometimes I look at my boys from high school or college or whatever, you know, that are working like different jobs and they just don't like it. You know, now don't get me wrong. They like their weekends, but they don't like their Monday through Friday. And for me, I love my Monday through Friday. Like I love it. Uh, no matter what role I've been, no matter what school I've been at with the people that I've worked with, like I just thoroughly enjoy it. And I think that's kind of what's kept me going. So if you ever get to a point where you don't enjoy it anymore, it's time to make a change. You know, no matter where you're at, but continue, just continue to try to find ways, you know, to enjoy it on a daily basis and just stay positive, mm -hmm. you know, and there's times it's tough, there's times it's real tough, but I mean, you could have a real job for a living now, you know, there's people out, there's people out there that have it way harder than people that work in basketball, yeah. no matter what, no matter what capacity they're in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've asked pretty much all of our guests this question whenever they come on what's maybe one of your craziest stories 
whenever you were a manager at West Virginia? There's a lot of them. Or uh, oh, really at all. I mean, I know being a dobo brings, yeah. brings it as well. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I, I never had a lot of – I never really had a lot of wild stuff happen. Uh, there was one time – I mean, this this wasn't anything – this was just really inconvenient. But we were playing at Texas one time, and the flight the flight from, from Austin, Texas, to Clarksburg, West Virginia on a charter is like three hours and like 15 minutes or something like that. And – we uh, we played on I think we played on a Wednesday night and the game was uh, I'm gonna have everything be in Eastern time even though you know University of Texas is Central time but the game tipped off at nine Eastern that season we weren't very good and Texas wasn't very good and it was just a sloppy game game goes to double OT and we win we win double OT I think and so the game didn't get done until probably like eleven thirty Eastern time. By the time you, you know, post game, radio shower, whatever, get on the bus, you're on the bus at 1230 Eastern. You don't get to the Austin airport. It's about 30 minutes. You don't get to Austin airport until about 1 a.m. And then you're not wheels up until probably 145. Well, we can say three hours and 15 minutes. So we're like trying to land in West Virginia. and We get diverted to Pittsburgh because of an ice storm. So we didn't land in Pittsburgh, which is – you know, I don't know, it's not an hour, that airport is by an hour and 20 minutes, uh, you know, north of Morgantown. So we probably land there at like 530 um, or something like that. And then we had to wait for our bus driver to come up from West Virginia to pick us up. And so I literally saw the sunrise on the bus. Huh. And I think we had to turn around and play like a day or two later or something like that. But you know, a lot of people think like it's all like glitz and glam and even like with the charters and all that stuff, like um, it's not it's not as smooth as some may think it is. But I've never really had anything wild, like real wild. Like, well, actually, my first year at Jack State as a dobo, no, my second year, first game of the year, we bust day up and a bus broke down halfway there going to the game. Oh, geez. That was good. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that was rough. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, but nothing, man. Honestly, like I don't think I've really had a lot of crazy things happen. Just keeping yeah. it real. Yeah. So, coach, you've kind of talked about building relationships with other coaches and networking yourself. Now that you've been able to be an assistant and be on staff, kind of talk about building relationships with your players. Yeah, I think I think a common ground is just going to get food. And that's one that anybody can do. You know, you can enjoy with anybody because everybody's got to eat. So you got to try to find, I think that's an easy way to, you know, to have a common ground. It's just like, hey, what do you like to eat? And let's go, let's go get it. You know, whether it's on campus, off campus, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think that's a great way because then you have some one-on-one or maybe it's a couple guys at a time. You know, you have some opportunities to, to just sit down and talk over a meal. Um, I think that's big. And I think another way to try to go about it is just like getting shots. You know, if you, if you have that extra time in the week, um, you know, from a compliance standpoint and everything, like, come on in, let's get 20 minutes of working where it's just you and I as opposed to a group of guys or or before or after practice or whatever it is. So um, I think those are just a couple of ways, you know, to try to get to know guys and, and build a stronger relationship. So then you can get to the point where you can just be sitting in the office and they come kick it and you can actually ask, like, you know, some real-life questions. Um, but it's important, man, because at the end of the day, if they don't trust you, they're not going to play for you, no. you know, and and – that's something that you got to have internally 
you know, from from head coach to assistant coaches, support staff guys, um, with the guys on the team because everyone has the same goal of winning, or at least that's what you hope everybody does. You know, so those relationships are key, man. They're important. Yeah, and kind of with the transfer portal, kind of how have you drawn the line between accepting someone's going to transfer and then really trying to make a push for them to stay without compromising kind of the culture of your team? Yeah, it's um, it's weird, man, because, like, I think it's different at every place, and I think it's different kind of at, at each level as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, like, you know, just not to kind of divert, but – a lot of times in the past, if you if you go through recruiting a high school kid to your to your program, you spent months and months and months and months to get to know them and kind of build that that relationship to a point where they're probably going to stick it out for four years unless something rocky happens. Right. And now things kind of happen on the fly, and there's less eligibility. This guy's got one. This guy's got two. Maybe this guy's got three. You know, this guy's got one, but he could graduate, but then have an extra one because the COVID year, and, and it's tricky. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like people are going to do what they want to do and we can try to influence that as much as we want, but people are going to do what they want to do. And I feel like that goes in any, any walk of life, any, any business, any, anything. So as, as strong as your relationship may be with the kid, they still might leave to be able to transfer up, transfer closer to home or whatever it is. And you just have to live with that. You know, you can't control it all, but I feel like a lot of times as coaches, we want to control everything, Mm -hmm. but you can't. You know, so you got to be kind of going back to what, what we talked about before. You got to be flexible. got to be flexible. Uh, well, Coach, it's been great listening to you talk. This has been one of the best ones we've had. Um, just yeah. kind of learning to know a different aspect of it rather than um, kind of hope, just being I, a manager. I, I, yeah. I hope, you're not ga- I hope you're not gassing me up now. I hope you're not oh, gassing me up. Oh, no, absolutely not, oh, man. No. Okay. It's, just, uh-huh. it's been fantastic just kind of hearing someone who's – Who's gone through it now? Yeah. Seeing someone on the That's other the side of, of what we're trying uh-huh. to get to, and like I mentioned before, um, we appreciate you talking with us at the Final Four. Um, you were definitely one very honest, and genuine with us, and gave us some really great advice that we've been using um, ever yeah. since we left. Um, no, I, I appreciate the good words, and I mean, like, shout out to you guys for just like coming up and saying hello. You know, I was just sitting there on my phone doing nothing <laughs> for a minute. Right? So, you know, it takes it takes you know some confidence to just to walk up to someone that you never met before and, and, and strike up a conversation. I think you guys did that in a genuine way. So, I mean, if you, if you ever have any questions or anything like that, don't hesitate. Feel free to reach out. Well, we appreciate that. Any, uh, any last words of advice you want to give to managers, coaches, or anyone just listening? I mean, really just have fun with it. You know, if you ever get to a point where you're not having fun with it anymore, you might need to make a career change, you know, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Cause I've had those days. I've had those thoughts. I just haven't reached the point where I'm like, you know what? I do need to make a change. Yep. Uh, but it, you got to be able to enjoy every day, and I think that's really important. Yep. Well, Coach, thank you very much, and, and good luck to you guys going forward. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys too.